Hi everyone, welcome to the It's Growing Season podcast. I am your host Maggie and this series will be about all things related to real growth, true health and wellness, and learning to love and care for yourself. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope this podcast inspires you to invest in yourself more and to never stop growing into the best version of you. So without further ado, let's jump right into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the It's Growing Season podcast. I hope you're all staying safe and warm during this holiday season. And before we jump into the conversation today, I want to first of all address my new cover art. Can we just talk about how beautiful it is? My friend Jeannie actually created this for me. I'm super grateful for her. Um, she's so talented and created this new more, I don't know, it's just more me, I think, compared to my older cover art. So I'm very happy about that. And also I launched a website recently, still in the works, but it's called Grow With Maggie. And what I'm planning on doing with it is just to post my episodes on there and with some, uh, maybe short summary or like a couple of highlight quotes and stuff. But also I have a blog section on that where I'll be posting some of my thoughts and just like my regular writings and also another thing that I'm very excited about for on that website is the chance to connect with me and for me to connect with you because I love meeting new people I love sharing conversation with new people and connecting through stories of self-growth so if there's something that you're interested in and you want to connect please feel free to hop on that website or you can find me through my Instagram at mags.ly, which I will also link in the show notes. So today's conversation is with my friend Xuan. Xuan is um, my college friend and we have a lot in common in terms of our relationship with exercise and our experiences with being a high school female athlete think um, a lot of high school female athletes or people who have played sports all their lives may struggle with you know that transition to college or having a big life change where you're not really obligated to exercise anymore and so this is what we address in this episode addressing us ex-female athletes and the transition from high school to college and how we cope with these major life changes. So, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did, and without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hi, Shun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Maggie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) First of all, I'm very excited for you to be on my show today because I've always wanted to have another ex-female athlete, as we would say, on my show because I really want to talk about, you know, the transition from being like a full-on, like a very intense athlete to being someone who like doesn't really extra have an obligation <laughs> to exercise anymore. Um, so I'm very glad that we're able to connect and have this conversation today. Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself first, just so the listeners can get to know you? Yeah, so my name is Xuan. I'm a sophomore at USC studying computer science, and I have a minor in psychology. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I've lived abroad for most of my life. I moved around a lot, um, lived in Houston, Dallas, and Malaysia, um, and I was a huge swimmer when I was younger. So I started when I was um, in fourth grade, so around like 2010, and I swam for about nine years. So swimming has been a huge part of my life. So I'm really excited to like talk about it and talk about my experience after it. So so yeah, t- today I wanted to open up the conversation about like mental health and body image issues associated with being a retired athlete. So I wanted to ask you about your experience with that, like how, you know, what your experience like with the transition from being such a big swimmer when you were younger and now like when we're off to college, it's not really like um, that big of a part of your life anymore. Yeah, so just to give a bit of background. So when I was swimming, I did a lot of competitive swimming for about nine years. Um, And typically our practices were about six to eight times a week um, for about two hours every day. Sometimes we'd even have doubles where we swim in the morning before school and after school. So it was definitely 
a lot of exercise and we burned a lot of energy. And I was very, very fit, I guess, throughout my high school and like middle school experiences through swimming. And so while I was an athlete, I ate a lot of food. I have a huge appetite. I really, really love food. Um, and so I never really paid attention to the nutrition aspect or like how much I was eating because I knew that I would be burning everything off like afterwards, especially during practice and everything. But then once I got to college or like once I stopped swimming as often, um, I definitely kept up with the same type of eating habits that I had beforehand. Um, and that was something to get used to because I definitely wasn't burning as many calories or I just wasn't using as much energy as I was beforehand. Just the, the food that I ate and like the nutrition that it had, it just was not very good for my body. So I ended up feeling very sluggish. I started gaining a little bit of weight afterwards, um, which made me have like a negative outlook on my body, especially because I was like, throughout my life, I've just been very, very fit. So I never really worried about that. I remember going to the doctor once for like just an annual checkup and they were like, you're in the exact 50th percentile for like girls your age. So I'm like, I'm very normal right now. But then once I stop swimming, it's like, I really have to pay attention to exactly what I'm eating and how much I'm working out. Um, and I think going to college, especially, I was very worried about the freshman 15, because that's something that's highly talked about beforehand. And I think especially coming from an Asian household, it's like, oh, you want to be like a certain size, like you don't, you don't, you want to be pretty skinny, you want to like, have like thin limbs and everything. Um, so I was very, very nervous about the freshman 15. And so going into college, like especially in LA, there's so much good food surrounding us. Um, and getting to know people too, like at the club fairs and everything, they'd always have pizza, um, donuts, like cookies and everything. So it's very hard to resist. And um, the dining halls also had really good food. Like you, you go from like <laughs> eating at home, just like plates of rice and everything to literally having an all you can eat buffet of like some really yummy food. And they have some like really delicious pumpkin bars that I used to like a lot. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of hard for me, especially to control exactly what I'm eating. And so once I got to college, I started eating all of this food, um, really not paying attention to how much I was eating because I was just enjoying it so much because a lot of the conversations that you have when you first start meeting people are over food. Um, and so, I was like having the time of my life. I had a food vlog and I was like posting all these pictures of all this delicious food I was eating. Um, but then I started feeling very guilty about it. Definitely in college, I was not working out as much. I definitely was walking a lot because classes were far apart, but not to the extent that I was when I was swimming. Um, and so although I was walking a lot, I just was not burning off as much as I did while, while I was swimming. And so I started feeling, feeling very guilty. And then I like wanted to skip meals maybe in the morning, maybe I, instead of going to breakfast, I would go to class first and then get lunch and get like a heavy lunch so I could hold myself over till dinner. Um, I used to go to Trader Joe's a lot and get lots of snacks. And sometimes I would like eat those snacks as a meal kind of, which was very unhealthy because I guess I wasn't paying attention to the nutrition of the food. I was paying attention to more of like the calorie count. And so once you started like, paying attention to just calories, it gets very unhealthy because it's so restrictive and you just feel like you're stuck, I guess. Like you don't really have that many options and you're just constantly restricting yourself on how much you can actually eat. Um, so that was very troubling for me. And as much as I wanted to like continue eating all that stuff, I tried like different diets, I think, like especially just looking online on Instagram and everything, you see all these people and they have like keto diets and everything. So I definitely tried those and they're just not sustainable for me at all. Um, and with like the amount that I was walking, it just wasn't up to par with like the amount that I was eating. So I definitely had a lot of negative thoughts towards that. And when I went back for winter break, I was just like, I am so unhealthy right now. I really have to change something this next semester. So um, I started to adopt more of like a balanced diet. Hopefully I'm still working on it, but yeah, I think most for the most part this year is just been about like finding balance in exactly what I'm eating and also finding like a healthy balance with working out and just finding ways to move my body that I enjoy. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. There's so much to unpack there. Um, I want to start off by asking you about, well, just kind of talking about 
the fear of the freshman 15. I think this is so like everyone goes into college talking about this, especially like the female population. We fear, you know, going into a new environment and the fear of gaining those few extra pounds, which could be a result of having such an amazing time with friends because, you know, the first year of college you is when you're just starting to meet new people and people tend to, you know, hang out and meet each other through meals or like, you know, going to brunches and like grabbing Mm -hmm. dinners. And (laughs) it's such a great experience, but we tend to forget all the fun we have and focus on the scale or focus on the way that we look. Um, And yeah, I was wondering if you had anything to talk about that, like just the fear of the freshman 15. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think going into college and even before college started, I was already very scared about it because over summer, like senior summer, I think we were very lucky because we graduated in a time where Corona wasn't around yet. And so I was definitely enjoying like the graduation meals and everything, just like eating a lot. And before college, I was like, I'm already eating so much. I don't want to get the freshman 15 before college even starts. So then I started working out, I think the week before I went to college, I went to like six spin classes in a row like that week because I was so worried that I would just start college off on a bad foot. And then once college did start and I was like at these meals with people talking, eating pizza and everything, I think I remember just like eating a slice of pizza and then turning to the person next to me and being like, this is so bad for me. I don't know why I'm eating this. I'm definitely getting the freshman 15. Like I was almost seeking validation that it was okay. Yeah. I think it's kind of just like, it's not very healthy language to use around other people. And I think I was just projecting that like fear of the freshman 15 on others, which was not mm-hmm. very good. But I think it's a very normal thing. And people, I think just in general, a lot of people experience it. But the fact that it's not talked about enough, I think, is what makes people very scared about it. And then people start to spiral into these more unhealthy eating habits. Yeah. Um, but the freshman fatigue is totally normal. I think it represents some like really fun memories that you may share with people, um, mm-hmm. especially over just like different meals, different like maybe cooking or just like picnics and everything. Yeah. Um, it's just it's normal, really. Mm-hmm. I think just maybe the mindset going into college that you'll get it is what is scary but at the end like it's not that big of a deal like in the end if you have a healthy lifestyle and just like work out and find a balance within yourself I think like you'll be fine it's it's scary in the end yeah I love how you're able to you know shift the mindset from the freshman 15 being a negative thing to something that's more positive and something that represents you know all the fun memories you had the first year of college and I think one of the ways to overcome this like negative mindset towards this fear of gaining weight is to not view the weight gain as a bad thing in the first place like we I think we tend to think that you know gaining weight means that we've lost control of our lives and we need to go on a reset or like a juice cleanse. But I think it's important to kind of shift the mindset and not associate weight gain with being a bad thing and seeing beauty and rest. Because, you know, as as like retired athletes, you know, we went through such intense trainings when we were in high school. So like for me, I played soccer and touch rugby throughout my middle and high school. So the training regimen was very similar to yours. Like um, for the listeners, Shannon and I actually went to like rival high schools <laughs> when she was when she was in um, still in Asia. So uh, we had very similar like training regimens and we went to like the same competitions. So even though it was different sports, I feel like the, the level that we competed at and the intensity was very similar. So that's why I really wanted her to be on my show because we can relate <laughs> to a lot of the things um, that we're talking about. And so I think seeing beauty and rest is super important. We were training so hard, like six times a week, six, seven times a week, and like hours of running and swimming and even working out like outside of training and like going competitions and stuff. It's very, it was very, very hard on our bodies. Like we would not be able, well, personally, I would not be able to do that training now because, you know, I've learned to appreciate rest and just, I think being on a team and being with 
people who are training the same as you kind of normalizes that. But if you look at it from, you know, from a future point of view, it's, it's very, it's very, very hard on our bodies and we're constantly, you know, exerting so much energy. So that's no wonder why we're able to eat so much and our bodies wasn't really changing and seeing that transition from high school to college as, you know, a new stage in your life, a new, um, a new chapter in your life is a much more positive way to look at things. And that's kind of how I see it because, you know, there's no way you're going to look like your 16 year old body as like a 20 year old, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That last thing you said about like your 16 year old body versus your 20 year old body sometimes. So a lot of the clothes that I wear um, are clothes that I've had for years. Like I've Mm. had, like there's some like t-shirts and everything in my drawers that are from like seventh grade. Yeah. And then there's some shorts. Like I remember coming back from college for winter break and I was trying to wear my jeans again because it was cold and these are like the same jeans I had for so long Mm -hmm. and I think part of just accepting like that freshman 15 or just like that like slight weight gain was that like I'm not gonna have the same body that I had when I was 15 or 14 like I've grown a lot since then Mm -hmm. and I guess it's also a good excuse to like buy new clothes maybe yeah (laughs) it helps stimulate the economy (laughs) right yeah Yeah. I think buying new clothes is a great way to celebrate your new body like personally like yeah I've gained weight from you know recovering from my own relationship with food and healing that um, relationship with my new body buying new clothes was the beginning of my accept me accepting my new body so you know you could donate your new donate your old clothes donate your middle school clothes like you shouldn't be wearing like it's perfectly normal to not be wearing your middle school clothes like you're an adult now you're in college you're not a middle schooler like you don't need to you you are allowed to let those clothes go and sell them donate them pass them on to a sibling or a relative or a friend um like make use of those clothes but you know it's perfectly normal to buy new clothes and you know be comfortable in your new body yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of thrift stores also accept like old clothes that you have, or you can also yeah. upcycle them, which mm-hmm. I've been trying to do, but kind of unsuccessful. But there's <laughs> lots of options. And honestly, I think it's a good way to like, yeah, as you said, like, accept that new body that you have and find things that you feel confident and like comfortable in, um, mm-hmm. which is really good. And then when you go out, you'll feel a lot better. And it's just good for your self-esteem. Yeah. So, and you also talked about you know, focusing on the calories rather than the nutrition. Mm-hmm. I think this is so, it's so true. Like, we, I think we tend to focus too much on the calories of things, but, you know, you see all these infra- infographics of, you know, like an apple is like blah calories and like M&M's is blah calories, and they could be the same calories, but the nutritional value behind those two things are so different. Like one is so much healthier and brings your gives your body so much more energy and like um, will not leave you feeling sluggish compared to like just eating full sugar. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that I've seen a lot of girls like relate to if they've had problems with like their relationship with food is my fitness pal mm, and like that yes. app. Oh my gosh. Um, it's the worst. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like at a certain point, I could tell you the exact amount of calories in a cup of rice and like yeah. like a chicken breast or something like that, yeah. which is so, it's so bad. And then I remember like, so I was talking about the Trader Joe's snacks that I always ate. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really liked was the Trader Joe's um, jerk style plantain chips. I was obsessed with Oh my with those. gosh, me too. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. And I think one thing that I was really struggling with when I was eating them, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I was very particular about how I eat my chips. Mm-hmm. And so there is this one side that's like dusted with like the flavoring <laughs> and the other side's like bland. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a chip from the bag and put it on my tongue and hopefully it's a dusted side. And if it's not, I'll take another and another and another to the point where the bag was empty. And then I look back at the bag and it's like, I look at the back, I think it says like, I don't even know how many calories, but I remember calculating it once and it was like 800 something. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember finishing that whole bag. I was like, I really just ate 800 something calories in one mm-hmm. sitting. 
And then I felt really, really bad about myself because one, that's like the food is not very nutritious. It has a lot of oil in it. And that like made me feel very like bloated and just like very, very sluggish. Yeah. Um, And so then I felt very guilty about it. So then for dinner, I would have like a smaller meal or maybe just like a cup of fruits or something. Yeah. Um, But I think something that's important is that like when you're looking at like what you're eating, if you keep restricting yourself, like I think something that I had a problem with was just restricting myself from eating certain foods because I was so scared of them. Like once you restrict and then you eventually get like a tiny bit of that, you're going to want to eat a lot of it at the same time. And so it's like, you can't, it's hard to control yourself once, like to break that cycle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It might not necessarily be a binge, but it's like a, like a restricting and then overeating cycle. And this, this is, this stems from the restriction. Like the overeating is not the problem. It's the fact that you started restricting in the first place. And it also is related to the scarcity mindset. Like if I don't eat everything, all of this now I'm not gonna be able to eat it in the future like if I open this bag of chips and I don't finish it now like I'm not gonna allow myself to eat this in the future so I'm gonna eat all this now feel guilty about it later but restrict and then the cycle just restarts itself oh my gosh yeah I yeah I totally get that I remember just like all these bags of food that I would bring to my room and I remember telling my roommate I was like I'm just not going to go to Trader Joe's for the next week because I'm going to finish all my snacks in my jar right now and then just not eat them at all anymore because I'm going to change my diet and everything. Um, And then after I did that, I remember setting goals for myself. I'm going to eat oatmeal for breakfast, salad for lunch, and then have a semi-balanced meal for dinner Mm -hmm. um, in order to achieve like the goals that I want for my body or something. Yeah. But that literally never lasted for more than three days, I think. Mm-hmm. just because it was just not sustainable for me. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of kind of changing that relationship is really finding foods that you enjoy eating and that you're able to go back to and that you're able to be consistent with. Yeah. Because if you like force yourself to eat like a salad every single lunch and you don't enjoy it, like mm-hmm. it's just not something that you'll end up doing in the long run. Yeah. And then it'll just lead to like different cycles of like just an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, yeah, so definitely finding a balance, I think is so important. And just also not focusing on the number of calories, but also nutrition, because nutrition, really, I think it changes the way that you feel like, inside, I guess, as cliche as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I realized that when I started eating more balanced meals, I had like a lot more energy versus when even though it might be the same calorie count, Um, I definitely had a lot more energy eating like I don't know avocado toast and an egg or something versus eating like the whole bag of chips even Mm -hmm. though they're about the same calorie count yeah um so yeah it's just about finding balance I think with that Mm -hmm. yeah oh my fitness pal is every girl (laughs) who has dealt with this kind of problem has probably experienced this and it's so unhealthy and like it sends you reminders too oh my god I hated that I think I turned off notifications for that it was (laughs) terrible yeah one of the first things I did when I started healing my own relationship with food was deleting that app once for all I think it's so unhealthy like it's not normal to be able to like be able to just see your meal and be able to know the calories of everything on your plate yeah yeah it's so unhealthy And it's just a lot, it's very time consuming too, because Mm -hmm. I remember going to the dining hall and eating whatever they had. And sometimes I have no idea what's going into this food, but I would try to find the closest match to it just so I knew Mm -hmm. exactly how much I was eating. So then I would know how much else I could eat that day. So I was like, oh, I can't have this pumpkin bar anymore because I already ate this many calories. That's so restrictive. It's definitely not enjoyable. Yeah. And like food should be, food should be something to be enjoyed. Like we are so blessed to be able to have access to so many amazing nutritious foods and we should be enjoying them and not using food as a way to like um to to restrict our body or a way to try to control our bodies because like we're so blessed to be able to eat like avocado toast and like go to Trader Joe's and buy delicious snacks I think it's it's a journey like we really have to try to shift that mindset and view food as something to be enjoyed and not something to try to manipulate our bodies with. 
definitely yeah yeah um so I want also wanted to ask you like how you deal with like bad body image days and like do you get those like what do you do to cope with that yeah definitely especially in college I think one thing that I had a problem with or like that I just wasn't used to after especially after I stopped swimming was bloating um like after I stopped working out as much I just started realizing that like after every single meal I would get so bloated after I ate and I thought it was so uncommon because I would look around and like all the girls around me literally had like flat stomachs after eating I'm like how does this happen because we ate the same amount of food and so I definitely really felt bad about myself then and initially like for the first few months of college I would try to like I tried the keto diet, which was not very healthy for me, at least when I was trying it, because I like completely cut out a whole food group, which is just not, I was just not used to, I think. And that just made me feel even more sluggish. But to kind of overcome that, I think, I think once I started seeing it more on social media, I think recently, especially there's been a lot more influencers talking about like positive body images, uh, image and everything. And that really helps me realize that it was more common um I think it was like once I got on TikTok actually um there's this TikToker um Victoria Garrick yes um she's so she's so awesome also she's a USC alum so um she like posted this video about like literally her like posing and then her like two seconds after and Mm -hmm. like her stomach was like like mine I guess and then I also saw um a few other influencers. One of them is uh, Lexi Hidalgo. She posts mm-hmm. like these like workout videos, but also she posts like a realistic kind of what she eats in a day videos. And I was like, oh, I kind of eat like that. Like, this is fine. This is like how I'm supposed to look. Like your body is normal. Um, your body's supposed to like twist and turn and whatever, whenever you move it, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to yeah. like not have any crinkles in it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once I started realizing that there were a lot of people like me and that bloating is like completely normal, like I I started feeling a lot better about myself. And then it also inspired me to kind of like adopt like more, a more balanced diet and also lifestyle. Because once I started watching these people like on TikTok and everything, they would post these workouts. And I think um, one of Lexi's workouts was like, she walks or runs, I think two miles and then she does a little workout, like a strength workout. And then she eats like pizza or something. I was like, mm-hmm. I love this. I, <laughs> I also want to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then I was super inspired. So over um, quarantine, I started run. At first I started running and I was doing really well until I decided I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just go on really long walks. And mm-hmm. I think going on long walks has really helped me because I'm consistent with it. And it also makes me feel a lot better about myself because I got some movement. I think just also healthy movement is good for your mental health too. Um, It helps clear your mind and everything. And it also just helps your body feel a lot better. So yeah, I think that was kind of a tangent. But to go back to your question, I think once I saw more people um, talking about positive body image and just like accepting your body as it is, um, that's when I started to feel better about myself. Yeah. Oh, when he started talking about Victoria Garrick, I got really excited because <laughs> I actually attended. Um, so there was like a USC Own It Summit or something, like a women's leadership summit. Mm-hmm. And I attended that with um, my friend, one of my friends. And there were two summits that you could go to, like one or workshops that you could go to, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I didn't go to one in the morning because I think I was busy or something. So the only one I attended was hers. Like she had a body image, um, like where she, a body image like workshop or talking about like eating disorders in her own relationship with food. And I remember like walking and being like the second person in the room and like her boyfriend was there. And then um, it was her and this other girl. And like, she was so nice. She like gave me a hug before she even met me. And like- You had to talk uh, to her? Yeah, like we chatted. And then um, uh, like, she remembered my name, which is very sweet. Like even after, like when we were all walking out, she was like, oh, bye Maggie. Like, thank you so much for coming. And I remember sitting in the front row and I recorded, I voice memoed the entire talk because I knew that I would gain so much out of that. And I did. Like, 
I think that was my first time being exposed to because she was a D1 volleyball athlete at USC. That was my first time actually hearing from another like ex-female athlete about body image issues because she went through so much and she was like literally pointed out the window being like yeah I walked down this path to go to the dining hall and like I remember I was having such a bad like body image day when I was walking down this path and it was very relatable because you know we were on the same campus we had very similar experiences in the past and I told her after like yeah thank you I'm so grateful to you know have met someone or like have found someone as like with such a similar history as me I guess being an athlete um and obviously like I'm not a college athlete but I think that my high school experience was very similar to her high school and college experience so that was um, yeah everyone go follow Victoria Garrick she's amazing (laughs) this is a Victoria Garrick um promo video Yeah. yeah, I think like when she started opening the dialogue about like, it's okay to have a bad body image days, or it's okay um, to eat what you want and just accept your body for what it is. I think, I don't know, I'm sure it helped a lot of people because it's not talked about that much, mm-hmm. um, especially on social media. Um, like before I found her account and like the other body positive accounts, um, a lot of the things that I saw were like, um, these Victoria's Secret models and yes. they're all posing in their like bikinis and everything like during mm-hmm. summer and I was like I want my stomach to look like that yeah <laughs> um, but now I think there's a lot more people talking about it which is really mm-hmm. amazing and I think once the dialogue becomes more open people will hopefully understand that this is normal and like you're totally fine and your body is perfect the way it is. Yeah, exactly. And I love how you were able to find such a positive platform on uh, TikTok, which is known <laughs> for being a toxic social media like a uh, like a page or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know we see all these like I personally don't use TikTok that much, but I have like played around with it. So I kind of I understand why it can be so toxic. Like the for you page and it was just kind of like the explore page of Instagram but you're it kind of just like feeds you a lot of things that you probably weren't anticipating to like start stalking or like start watching a lot of and it can be really toxic because a lot of people post like what I eat in the day videos or like they post like their workout videos or like uh their flat stomachs and I just want everyone to know that this is not reality like anyone can post what they eat or the way they look, like their flat stomach, it could be like the first thing that they do, like they're, when they first wake up in the morning, when your stomach is like, before you even drink water, you have food in your system, or those workouts and like those what I eat in the days, it could not be reality. So try not to like, view everything you see as truth. And also, I wanted to talk about bloating, because I can relate so much, like, so when Shen was talking about her roommate in college, her roommate was actually Emily, who we had on the show in the past. And I would send Emily like pictures of me looking pregnant with, with literally <laughs> just my blood, because like, I think there's such a stigma behind bloating. And we think that, you know, bloating is a bad thing. We think bloating is fat, like it's all fat or bloating is like not normal. No one bloats. But bloating is so normal, like that fluid retention, that salt retention, or like gas or whatever it is, like, it's so normal. And sometimes I bloat even after drinking water in the morning, like the first thing I do when I wake up, or I wake up bloated. And, you know, it's perfectly fine. Everyone bloats and the people you see online bloat as well, or the people you see in person. I think it's important to recognize that um, every body is different. If we did the same workouts or we ate the same way we would still look different because everybody is made differently like we have different genetics we have different activity levels you cannot compare yourself to someone else that way definitely definitely I think what you were saying earlier about um, like social media being a toxic place I just want to say social media is a highlight reel because yes. people pick and choose exactly what they want others to see um yeah on their like page and everything so obviously they would choose like pictures where they look quote-unquote perfect I guess um Mm -hmm. but then when this is like what people are comparing themselves to it becomes very unrealistic 
Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen, I've definitely seen like on TikTok, especially there's a lot of what I eat in a days. And yeah. some of them are like, sometimes I'm like, this is so little, especially for me, like for me personally, I could, I just can't eat this little because I feel like I just be hungry the entire day. Yeah. Um, and then when you have like millions of people seeing these videos, mm-hmm. I think they begin to think this is what I'm supposed to be eating. Yeah. Or this is the amount that I'm supposed to be eating because this yeah. person is eating this this exact meal to look this way. And since I want to look this way, I want to eat like this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying about like people need different amounts of food, amounts of workout and everything for themselves because everyone's very different. Um, yeah, so definitely following and just, I guess, paying attention to um, healthy accounts that promote like positive messages. Yeah. And you were talking about how, you know, you made a plan for yourself in college to eat like oatmeal for breakfast and a salad for lunch. And I think that when we watch too many what I eat in a day videos, we definitely feel like we have to eat how someone uh, someone else eats especially if it's an influencer who we really look up to or like we love the way their body looks and we want to look just like them it can create this this idea in your head that's like yes I'm gonna follow everything this person's eat person eats so I can look end up looking like them but there's no way you're gonna look exactly like this person because everyone is made differently so I think it's very important to Maybe stay away from what I eat in a day videos, or if that's something that genuinely entertains you, watch people who have a balanced diet. Like Victoria Garrick, she posts what I eat in a days on her YouTube account, and it's so realistic because she's like eating, um, like let's say avocado toast in the morning, pizza for lunch, and a salad for dinner, and she like enjoys everything she eats because it's what her body genuinely craves, and it's what she knows. She says that it's not what she wants, it's what her body needs. And it's very important to listen to your body and like reestablish that connection with your own body. Because I think sometimes we lose that connection when we like, we we have an outside source telling us, or we use an outside source as a guide to tell us what to eat. And then we kind of lose that connection with our own bodies regarding like what we want to eat or what we genuinely want that day or what we're craving because I think we tend to like lose these hunger and like craving signals when we're bombarded with information and we just kind of we're like oh I don't know what to eat I'm just okay I'm just gonna follow this person's meal plan when in reality you really just wanted to eat like a pizza and some like carrot sticks you know Mm -hmm. so I think just try to stay away from that or follow more body positive influencers yeah yeah I definitely agree with that listen to your body listening to your body is so important if you want the pizza you should eat the pizza or if you want the salad you should eat the salad but if you restrict yourself from eating that pizza you're going to be thinking about it for the next week or so until you actually get it but then Mm -hmm. once you get it you're gonna you might overeat because you've been craving this for so long yeah but then you might overeat and then you'll feel really bad about yourself maybe um and that just leads to this like spiral and um it can get unhealthy so I think definitely just Intuitive eating is very important. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been trying to work on too, especially yeah. since I've been at home. Yeah. Um, listening to your butt, what your body wants. If it wants something sweet, but you want to have something more nutritious, maybe you could try like something I really like is almond butter and banana um, mm-hmm. on toast, which is really so yummy. Good. It's so yummy. I think I had it like almost every day during college um, <laughs> <laughs> this semester. But if you want like a donut, then go get that donut. Like, yeah, just one donut's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, just like doing everything in moderation, super, super important. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about that balance, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I love like intuitive eating. I think this phrase is so like we see it so much, but we kind of don't really understand what it means. We think so. OK, like you were talking about the keto diet, um, first of all, eliminating an entire food group like you said is so unhealthy especially if you're eliminating carbs like carbs is the main source of energy for your body so don't follow the keto diet (laughs) follow intuitive eating and like I think in western culture like we created this mask of diet culture like we've guised it under the new name of clean eating or like healthy living when in reality it's just another diet to get us to like buy this company's products or like to try to 
manipulate our bodies to look a different way. So I think intuitive eating and like allowing your body to eat what it wants, just listening to your body is the most sustainable lifestyle to have. For example, you were saying if you want that donut, like something that I used to do, which is very unhealthy, don't follow this, but like I would, let's say if I wanted like a bowl of cereal, like that, I wanted that as like a post dinner snack or dessert. I would be like, okay, no sugar, uh, like cereal has too much sugar. I'm going to eat an apple. All right. I'm not satisfied after that apple. I'm full though. I'm very full. I'm still not satisfied. Okay. I'm going to go eat some almonds. Oh, like my stomach is so full. Like it cannot hold any more food, but I'm not mentally not satisfied yet. I just keep going in different directions. And I, at the end of the day, I just really wanted that cereal and it would have benefited me so much if I just got that cereal rather than going, trying to find different paths to satisfy that craving when the most efficient way was just for me to have that cereal and move on with my day and not experience the fullness that my stomach cannot hold any more food and but my mind was just so so hungry for cereal yeah I totally get that and I think it also like listening to your body also applies in terms of workouts too because something like I don't think you should force your okay as a past athlete we used to work out like almost every single day and sometimes Sunday was our only rest day yeah Um, and so we had like a very strict workout regimen um, every single day, at the same time, you're going to mm-hmm. swim for two hours and it's yeah. going to be a hard workout and you're going to be very tired afterwards and eat a lot. Yeah. But I think like once you stop working out though, or like working out as consistently, um, you might feel some pressure to like continue the type of workout regimen that you had beforehand, just to like look a certain way, or at least like, that's what I thought I had to do. Yeah. So then I started like running a lot. Um, but I just, I didn't like running enough to do it every single day. But then I was like, if I don't run today, then I'm going to feel bad about myself because I didn't work out today. And that's not something my body is used to. So I think listening to your body in that sense is very important because some days you might just want to lay in bed or just like finish watching your Netflix movie or something, which is totally fine. But I think if you're able to find like a a sort of movement or a sort of workout that you look forward to doing, um, that you're able to be more consistent with and that your body actually wants to do. that might be more rewarding for you in the end because you're doing it for yourself and what your body actually wants. Yeah. I think we tend to view working out or like exercising as a form of compensation for the food that we eat. Like we have to work out because like I have to work out because I ate that pizza yesterday or like I have to work out because I haven't worked out in days, even though my body generally is tired and just wants to rest. In my, uh, classes last semester I took a class a comm class on social movement so and we had to analyze a campaign of our choice so I analyzed this like billboard from Dove and it says 50,000 Canadian girls will quit swimming because they feel bad in a swimming suit and this really like what you said earlier really reminded me of that because I think we kind of forget how joyful movement can be and how you know, if we genuinely enjoy an exercise, we are allowed to enjoy it. And, but I think that, you know, poor body image and like just societal pressures to look a certain way can really stop us from really tuning into our bodies and reminding us of what kind of making us forget how much we love doing a certain thing. Like it can kind of skew that your thoughts. So yeah, that's just something that I was reminded of with our conversation yeah yeah I think especially for swimming because I guess the costumes or not the costumes I don't like saying costumes I think like (laughs) the swimsuit itself um can be like very revealing especially for people that are not used to showing that much skin um and it definitely especially in the locker room people get like self-conscious right because everyone's Mm -hmm. changing and they see like oh like all these girls have like perfect bodies and everything for their swimsuits and then it leads to like oh negative body image etc but yeah I think it's just like the stigma that exists around like athletes and everything especially even outside of being an athlete I think just athletic build itself too um can also be something that people get self-conscious about Mm -hmm. um like for for me at least I remember when I was swimming my shoulders were super broad because Mm -hmm. of the way that like I guess for a lot of swimmers, your shoulders are very broad just because of the way that you swim. Yeah. Um, 
And then when I used to compare it to other girls that didn't swim, they had like a lot, I guess, thinner. What's opposite of broad? <laughs> yeah, thinner. Yeah, shoulders. Yeah. Um, and then it looks so much nicer in like tube tops or tank tops and everything. But I think, yeah, I just think it's a societal dialogue that has to change around that because mm-hmm. it can be very um, toxic, especially for girls that have just been athletes their entire life and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that locker room talk. Oh, I think being in a locker room as a female, like, I don't I don't know what it's like with guys, but, you know, in the girls locker room, I think it can be very toxic. Like, even if people don't verbally communicate or like compare themselves or like point out someone's physical features, I think internally, a lot of people are comparing themselves to the person next to them. So yeah, I think I definitely experienced this myself. And if this is something that bothers you, like just change in the change in the like bathroom stalls. Yeah, yeah that's always a good alternative. Yeah. Or like I think some bathrooms also have like little changing stalls with curtains, which can also be good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like I didn't even think that we were gonna talk about this, but it just reminded me of like my own high school experience being in a locker room. Or I used to swim. Um, I swam in elementary to like middle school or something like halfway through middle school and I stopped because I started really enjoying soccer and it was the same season so I stopped swimming but I was a big swimmer when I was younger and I think honestly like looking back now part of the reason why I stopped wanting to swim was because my body was changing so much because when you're in a swimsuit you're being you're like it's only this fabric that's covering your body and it's very tight and it can really, you know, trigger some very self-conscious or like poor body image thoughts. So like, do you have any tips for people who may be struggling with that? I would say just focus on yourself because a lot of people are also comparing themselves to the person next to them. Yeah. Like you see someone and they look like they have the ideal body that you want. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I think they're probably also struggling with something internally or they're also comparing themselves to the next person and like I feel like you can never really win Um, and if you're not doing it for yourself if you just want to look like a certain type of person then will you ever really feel validated in the end you know Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah you can I guess tone your muscles or do certain workouts to look a certain way so you look like someone else but in the end like once you look like them will you actually feel more validated and confident like if if that makes you feel confident then that's great for you. But I feel like for me, at least if I was trying to change my body for to look like someone else or just like fit someone else's idea of like beauty, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'd ever feel validated, like internally, you know? Yeah. So I think just realizing that there's no like perfect body, I guess, Mm -hmm. and really trying to embrace your body for what it is and what it can do your body's already so strong like if you're a swimmer even just any type of athlete like Mm -hmm. your limbs and just like (laughs) all your muscles are so strong like Mm -hmm. you your arms pull you through the water to like win those races yeah um your legs um help you run or help you dive off the block or Mm -hmm. um i don't know like sprint across a track or something yeah like your body is so strong and just embrace it and like realize how how strong your body is really like yeah it's you're worthy and like I think beauty especially like just the idea of beauty does not just have to be like how skinny do you look or how much you look like a Victoria's Secret model mm-hmm. it can also be like strong is beautiful too yeah yeah that's so true like people who are athletes tend to like you develop like an athletic build as you'd say like as you'd say um but there's nothing bad about looking more muscular or like I think because we think that beautiful is skinny beautiful is like you know not having those muscles but I think there is we can learn to appreciate what our muscles do for us and how strong our bodies are like as you said our arms help us like lift things our legs help us like it can literally carry us through life not just with sports, but like in life in general, like for people who are not athletes, I'm sure this could resonate with you as well, because, you know, we're able to, 
like we have our legs and like our limbs to help us walk like walk from point a to point b like we're so blessed to even have like the ability to walk some people are like on wheelchairs and like completely debilitated so i think it's it, it's thank you for reminding us of how like how blessed we are to still be able to move our bodies of course yeah it's definitely something that i've had to work on realizing but yeah um i think it's something that needs to be talked about more especially mm-hmm. yeah well thank you so much for being on my podcast today i have one last question to end the show i asked everyone who comes on my show this question so since my episode uh, my podcast is called it's growing season I believe that just like crops, humans go through different seasons as well. So I wanted to ask you, how would you define the season in your life? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> this season in my life, I would say, um, well, not trial and error. I would say more like learning. I think mm-hmm. it's learning season. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I think like, especially over this last semester and even just over quarantine, I've been trying to put myself in new situations or like just try new things like I actually switched my major this semester so that's something new so I've been learning a lot there academically mm-hmm. um, but also just I think learning about different social issues especially over summer was super super important yeah. learning about different like thought processes learning about like different ways to take care of yourself I think one thing that I've been trying to do especially is just like self-care and learning the importance of it um so recently I started um, like my Korean skincare routine <laughs> as a Your form of like looking self- really good right now <laughs> oh my gosh thank you thank you um <laughs> as like a form of self-care and I think next semester or just like in general next year I definitely want to learn more about like taking care of my own self and um making sure my mental health is in check and also just learning academically too and growing I guess for growing season <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I learned so much and I'm sure the people listening did too. I'm so happy that we could reconnect today. Yes, it's been so fun. I really love this conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave me a review and give me a follow. And you can also find me on Instagram at mags.lee, which I will link in the show notes below. Thank you again so much for taking the time to listen and I hope to see you in a future episode. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.